0: that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. Hello, everyone. How are you? <laughs> I guess it's really silly saying that because no one's going to respond to me. I'm speaking to myself. Um, But I know that there's a lot of you who are listening to this, not in this exact moment, but when it comes out. And I guess since you can't specifically answer me, maybe just check in on yourself and ask yourself, how am I? Like, what sensations are moving through my body right now? That's a practice I've been really working on recently is to really ground myself into the present moment, checking in with my, my body checking in on where I feel sensation and breathing into any places that I feel tension or contraction and getting curious about what's there because I think this is the piece that's that piece that's missing in a lot of work is some deeper embodiment practices right like we can move through all the mindset stuff but we're holding the energy in our bodies and our body is trying to heal all the time our body will let us know but we have to be willing to check in and ask so that felt important to start with and I also want to note that last week's episode, I I got so much feedback on it. I don't think I've ever received so many messages from a podcast I've done in, in recent days, or I really that I can remember. And it's interesting because after I recorded that one, I, I was really, I was in my head was like, wow, I was all over the place. Like, I don't even know if I want to publish this. But I'm, I've made this promise to myself that every time I record a podcast, I'll publish it, no matter how I feel about it, because I've noticed this pattern where the podcast that I feel the most vulnerable and nervous about, that I feel the most insecure about, end up being the ones that speak to the most people. (laughs) And so since the day I started my podcast, I made a a deal with myself that no matter how insecure I'm feeling or how in my head I am, I will publish everything that I record. And I think it's – what really happens, I think, is that the episodes that touch your hearts the most are the ones where I'm the most vulnerable – But the ones where I'm the most vulnerable leave me with a vulnerability hangover. And sometimes that can turn into insecurity in my mind right my ego wants to protect me from potential embarrassment or failure or whatever it is and so in my mind I start getting this you know this repeating thought this insecurity that's not real this story of this podcast isn't worthy of being published people aren't gonna like it it's not gonna make sense they're gonna think I'm crazy or they're gonna stop listening or whatever or someone's gonna send this to someone I know and they're gonna listen to it and stop and they're not gonna be friends with me anymore right like my brain goes in all directions as I'm sure yours says as well we all have those monkey mind moments and I think the biggest part of you know these these time periods when we have the monkey mind and the anxious thoughts come and the anxiety comes is realizing that we don't have to identify with the anxious thoughts like I can be inside of my insecurity and also zoom out and have this larger perspective of knowing that this is not real this feels really real right now. And the way I'm feeling is really important, but the story in my head is not real. And I'm going to do the hard thing and I'm going to hit publish and I'm going to send this off to my assistant, even though I'm insecure about it. And no fail, my most vulnerable episodes, the ones that make me the most insecure are always the ones that really touch the hearts and souls of you, of the people out there who are listening. I get the most feedback from them. And so I just wanted to note that because I think if you're listening, there's something for that in you. There's a lesson here, right? If there's something in your life that you feel called to create or inspired to share or some knowledge or wisdom you have that you really wanted to put out there or some creative sense that you feel inspired to share your voice, but you feel insecure about it or it's not good enough or people won't like it. The number of podcasts that I wouldn't have published if I stopped myself every time I felt insecure is monumental. And not just that, but the number of people I wouldn't have reached. Millions because of the ripple effect. Personally, that's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that I would not have heard my message in those podcasts I wouldn't have put out. And that leads to the ending of a ripple effect that started. Every time someone listens to a podcast, you embody something that I'm speaking and you go out and create a ripple effect in the world that, that cannot be quantified. And so it's actually... The way I see it is it would be selfish of me to not put something out there just because I'm feeling insecure. (laughs) And on the other hand, what is that showing my inner child? If I'm not putting something out there that she feels inspired and excited about out of my insecurities, I'm abandoning her. I'm saying your voice isn't important. We have to make ourselves smaller just in case people judge us. And I don't do that anymore. I no longer abandon myself. I shouldn't say that, right? Because I'm human. I sometimes do. But in the ways that I am consciously aware of, I am consistently choosing to no longer abandon myself or make myself smaller in attempts to avoid being judged or to avoid losing love and acceptance. And the thing about abandoning ourselves or making ourselves smaller because of insecurities or fear is that this is very primal. Right? Like our human nature, our gut instinct is to try to receive love. Everything we're doing, the underlying factor is love. And look at, you know, you look at really like survival back in the day. If you don't have love, you don't survive, right? If you're not, if I don't have someone to love me, I don't have someone to feed me and put a shelter over my head and make sure I'm safe. If I don't have love, I die. That is kind of the survival instinct in our bodies. And so it makes a lot of sense why we make ourselves smaller or shift ourselves or feel really, really anxious and scared and insecure when there's a threat to what we perceive to be love. And for a lot of us, we perceive love to be affection, words of affirmation, approval, pride, right? The ways that we received love when we were a kid or the ways that we felt love. You know, for example, let's say that you always felt really, really loved When you achieved something and your your mom told you how proud she was of you. Or maybe you never received words of affirmation and you never felt like your parents are proud of you. Or maybe you had a dad who wasn't present in your life. But every time you saw him, maybe it was just once a year, he would give you a hug. And you felt so loved in that small piece of affection because it was all you were receiving. This is just a random example. And so now as an adult, when you receive affection, right, you feel really, really loved. And a part of you feels almost like graspy for affection because for you, affection means love and love means survival. And so if we're not receiving affection to our subconscious, it literally means death. Same thing with the person who feels loved when someone is proud of them. We will subconsciously have this underlying desperation to strive and force really, really hard to do things to make people proud because to us, making someone proud means receiving love means survival. And so I think understanding this can really help with dissipating shame because I think it can be easy to go into this shame spiral of, oh, why, why am I in this pattern? Why am I making myself smaller? Why am I acting out of desperation? Or why am I finding myself in these patterns that don't feel good that I consciously, I consciously know it's self-sabotage, but I'm finding myself in it again. And like, here's the thing. When we notice ourselves in self-sabotage behaviors or patterns and we shame ourselves there, We fall deeper into the cycle. We fall deeper into the sabotage. Shame is one of the most detrimental and harmful feelings that we can have, uh, that we can project on ourselves. And so I think understanding that is a literal survival instinct oftentimes can help to dissipate shame. How can you shame yourself for something that is a primal survival instinct in your body? How can you shame yourself for trying to survive? How can you shame yourself for acting in a way that your body, that your instincts thinks will keep you alive, will literally keep you from death? That is how serious a lot of this stuff feels in our body. And it might sound trivial when you put it into words, right? Like why, why am I putting on a show for my friends, right? I'm trying to be accepted, right? Why am I doing that? It seems so silly. Why can't I just be myself? And then we shame ourselves. We belittle ourselves and say, wow, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did this again. I told myself I was going to be fully me. And there I was agreeing with someone I didn't agree with. There I was being a people pleaser again. Or there I was going back into an old pattern I don't like. And it can seem like such a small thing. Like, right, this is so small. I should be able to change this. Why don't I just show up as fully me? Why don't I just stop people pleasing? Why don't I just tell that person how I really feel? It seems easy in theory, right? We can say it. It sounds easy, but when we fail to do it, we hold ourselves to this really high, like almost unattainable standard of perfection. And and especially those of us on a self development journey, we think if we're not always healing, we're not always growing, and we're not always showing signs that our life is getting better and better and constantly improving, and we're getting better and better, we feel unworthy, and we shame ourselves. And shame is the worst thing that we can do in this scenario because it pushes us deeper into the cycle and. Anytime that we are attracting from an energy of shame or scarcity, all that happens is that those feelings of shame and and the energy of scarcity expands in our lives no matter what we attract. And so the solution is always love and acceptance. But sometimes to move out of shame, we have to realize we're in shame. Sometimes we're so deep in shame, we don't even realize that we're shaming or belittling ourselves. And so I think it's important to have some grace for yourself and realize that this is hard work. We're literally working against survival instincts. It feels really, really real to our subconscious, to our inner child. It's life or death to them. So have some grace for yourself. You know, I really believe that sometimes when old patterns show up or you feel like you're in self-sabotage behavior or you see yourself falling back into some habit in your life that you might label as toxic or negative, Sometimes it's an opportunity, like it doesn't mean that we've taken a step back or we've regressed. Sometimes it's an opportunity for us to react differently to ourselves. Sometimes it's an opportunity for us to say, you know what, this time I'm going to choose not to shame and belittle myself. I'm going to choose to accept and love myself through this. Because the big quantum energetic shift isn't when we change every single pattern and we show up perfect every single day and we don't make mistakes and we don't believe our limiting beliefs anymore or we never fall into that bad, that bad habit again. That's not the big shift. The big shift is when you notice yourself in habits that you don't like or notice yourself in thoughts that you don't like or want to change and you choose to accept and love yourself there. You choose love instead of shame. You choose acceptance instead of judgment. You choose forgiveness instead of guilt. And this is the difference between healing with ease and attraction and surrender and grace and healing through force, right? Healing through an energy of, I don't feel worthy. I need to fix this part of me versus I'm already worthy. Let me love myself here and allow life to guide me through this process. My body already knows what it's doing. It's healing. Life already knows what it's doing. It's guiding me on this healing journey. God knows what he's doing. He's supporting me in this and has loved me since the beginning. I don't need to force anything because I'm already worthy and there's nothing that I can do, say, act, or become to be unworthy because you can't unbecome something that is your essence, that is who you are at a soul level. And so when we really understand this, like, when we give ourselves grace and we love ourselves where we are, no matter where we are, the patterns that we don't like are more likely to actually fall away with ease. When we're trying to heal from an energy of shame or judgment or not feeling worthy, it can look all great on the outside. Like, oh, I'm healing myself. I'm doing the inner work. I'm changing my life. But if it's being fueled by a feeling, an innate feeling of unworthiness, it's not healing. We're actually furthering the cycle of trauma and it's just happening under this like glittery, shiny facade, surface level facade of changing our lives and manifesting our best lives. And this is why when you look at all of the spiritual gurus online and the coaches and the mentors and all the people and you can see the All the shiny things and the people who meditate every single day and they do the breath break every day and they're biohackers and, you know, they're super spiritual and they're doing all these things and they look like they, they have their lives together. But it doesn't matter what your life looks like on the outside. My question is, what is the embodiment on the inside? What is fueling all of that? That's the part you don't see on Instagram. And that's the part that's often not communicated, not embodied. It's not part of the work that so many people are doing. Everyone wants to know how to change the self-sabotage cycles they're in, but no one wants to look shame in the face. Shame is scary. Really scary. It's one of the most uncomfortable feelings to feel. Most people don't want to go there. They cover it in secrecy, or they people-please it away. And you want to know what's holding you back. Everyone, like I got this question a lot on my Q&A on my Instagram this week. Is am I blocking my manifestations? What's holding me back? Like you want to know what is really holding you back. Ask yourself what you're ashamed of. What parts of yourself do you hold the most shame around? What actions, what behaviors, what qualities, what memories? Where do you hold your shame? And are you willing to look at that? And feel that and bring that into the light because shame can't survive in the light. Shame can't survive in the face of love and acceptance and forgiveness and grace. But shame is the reason we push so much under the surface. And we try to pretty ourselves up and put on this like mass, this facade, this show That we think people want to see so that we can receive love and acceptance. Of course, we want to survive. We don't want to die, says our subconscious, says our primal instincts. But it's actually the opposite. The best survival factor, not just surviving, but thriving. If you want to thrive and manifest your best life and all the things, we have to bring the parts of us that feel shameful to the light. Really the parts of us that we are now disconnected from. We need to reintegrate all parts of us like embodying your highest self. There's all this like act as if and do all of these things and there's lots of practical tips. But this is like your highest self is all of you. Your highest self is not just the pretty parts of you. Your highest self is not the enlightened part of you or the spiritual part of you or the part of you that is always forgiving and happy and bubbly. Your highest self is not the part of you that meditates every day. Your highest self is all of you because you were created perfectly. Your highest self is the integration of every single part of you. Your highest self is the complete version of you. That means looking at the parts of you that feel really, really, really ugly. That means bringing them to the light, speaking to them and reintegrating them. And oftentimes, like, this Rick is really difficult alone because sometimes we don't even know when we're in shame or... We're unaware of what we've, you know, I, I'm asking you to ask yourself, what, do you, what are you ashamed of? What parts of you feel too shameful to look at? But some of you might not even know the answer or might not be able to go all the way there because we've repressed it, repressed it so much, it's so deep in our psyche and our subconscious that we can't even access it consciously yet. And navigating this can be really difficult to do on your own. But navigating this deep work, like this is like some real shadow work, doing this deep work in a loving container is really powerful because it can be difficult to really embody and understand that the parts of us we're ashamed of are lovable. Sometimes it helps to have someone else show us that they can love the deep, dark parts of us that we're ashamed of first. They can reflect that back to us, which is a lot of the work that I do with my clients and my mastermind students. It's like, I'm not here to heal you. I'm here to love you. (laughs) I am here to love every fucking part of you, all of you, Especially the parts of you that you feel are the most unlovable. I want to show you that all of you is worthy. All of you is lovable. Because once you embody that, you are unstoppable. That's when you begin to attract all these miraculous things into your life. And I know I talk a lot about feeling and feeling the feels and all of this. But uh, shame but really important specifically to talk about this week. It's been coming up a lot in the collective energy. It's been coming up a lot with the woman I'm working with, coming up a lot, just in my vortex, and one of the most powerful things that you can do is to be willing to look shame in the face. And... I had this, um, I think I shared this on Instagram once, I don't remember if I shared it on the podcast, but I I think of shame and a lot of emotions we we think of as dark emotions, specific specifically shame as, as a monster. And I don't know if you ever had this experience, but when I was a kid, I remember I used to wake up in the middle of the night and I had a chair in my room and I would put my clothes on it and the clothes would sometimes look like a monster and I would get really scared. And then I would turn the light on and I would see just a pile of clothes and there was like instant relief. And that's kind of the same thing with shame. It seems like this big, scary monster. But when you're willing to shine the light on it, we realize it's silly. It's laughable. We can actually laugh at it. And we have to be willing to witness it first to shine the light on it. And, you know, of course, this has been playing out in my life as well. There is not a human that exists who doesn't have or doesn't hold shame around something, if not multiple things. And uh, there's something that happened in my reality recently where I was feeling a lot of shame around it. And I was like, Wow how is this happening, right, like, how did I fall into this pattern again, I don't even know how it happened, and I have all these shame stories, like, and I noticed that it was happening, and I said, all right, Kristen, this time, right, like, you fell into this pattern, that's okay, what we're going to do is we're not going to react the same way, we're not going to fall into the shame spiral and, and repress it, we're going to bring it to the light, and so I worked a lot on accepting this part of myself, and sending my, myself love, and forgiveness, and and having grace for myself. And I even called a friend and I literally said, hey, I'm feeling really ashamed right now. Like, this is what happened. And just receiving so much love and empathy in that moment shifted everything for me. And suddenly I was no longer in shame. I was in this, like, higher level of consciousness of this acceptance and grace and really actually loving myself where I was. And in that moment, you know, you can just, i you, it's like I felt pounds falling off my shoulders so much weight falling away and from this space of actual embodied acceptance and love and grace for myself i can shift moving forward and attract something new right and and what could have happened what was my pattern in my past feeling really shameful about something feeling so shameful that i would push it away not tell anyone that i was feeling shame push it deep 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 down then when I was feeling so deep in shame, I needed to reach for something, to feel better, and so then I would fall back into the cycle, right? Of whatever it is around a million things I felt shame around years ago, right? I felt shame around my relationship to alcohol, shame around my relationship to food, shame around my relationship to money, shame around my relationship to men, I shame around, around my relationship to my work life. I felt shame in almost every area of life. And I don't know, but every once in a while, one of those stories will pop up a little bit and like rear its head, that monster will come out to play. And I know now that it's my job to look that monster in the face and love it. You know, because no one ever told us that monsters aren't actually evil, right? And that love, like our love and acceptance, shining a light on those monsters can actually turn them into angels. No one ever tells us that. We just learned that monsters are scary. Stay away. But all your monsters, they're still a part of you. And every part of you is lovable and worthy. But that has to be deeply embodied and actually accepted by you for you to lean into this kind of work and to really shift your life on a deep embodied level. And, you know, someone else asked me in the Q&A on my Instagram recently, you know, how can I feel happier? Someone else asked, how can I find clarity? How can I find the answers? I feel lost in my purpose. And the answers are always the same to all of this. We don't ever gain something by trying to get it. Right, there's all these strategies I could give you to feel happier and more grateful now, but I'm more curious about what are you actually feeling and what's underneath that? Instead of trying to feel happy, let's get curious about how you're actually feeling and what's fueling that and what's here for you. Instead of trying to find the answers, I'm more curious about the desperation fueling the need to find the answer. Instead of figuring out our life purpose or understanding why we're so confused, I'm more interested in what is the fuel behind needing to find and know that purpose right now. And so the way to get where we want to go with ease is never the way we think it is. It's never through trying or forcing. It's through getting curious because the answer is in the present moment. You're not going to find the answer by thinking harder. You're not going to find the answer by contemplating some more. The answer is in feeling. The answer is already within you. Like the keys to everything that you desire to know or manifest or feel are within you. And sometimes our anxious need to go out and search for the answer or do something or make things happen is actually a sabotage response to being scared of stillness. What happens if I'm just still with myself and actually tune into my body? What am I going to find? Because a part of us knows that we have the answer But a deeper part of us is afraid of going there because sometimes the key to everything we desire is hidden behind the monsters. And you can't get there by thinking, by rational, logical thought or contemplation. You can only get there by being willing to feel your way there, by being willing to slow down and get curious. When we stop trying so hard, stop trying so damn hard and just focus on being for a moment, we make space for the answers to come to us, the clarity to come to us, the key to come to us. And this is why, you know, I say, I think I talked about this last episode, my business strategy is my energy. And someone asked me also in my Q&A, like, how did you find your niche? I don't have a niche. My niche finds me. My niche is my soul family. My soul family is attracted to me when my energy is in alignment. When I'm in alignment, my soul family finds me, period. When I'm in alignment, the strategies, the people, the ideas, the experiences, they show up. I focus on alignment and that is really all. And when I feel inspired, I follow that. And I think, you know, any business strategy, of course, can work but it's going to lead to burnout if it's not aligned with your energy and your values. And I see so many people, I've actually had multiple people in the last week tell me that they invested a lot of money in business coaches and nothing happened. And it hurts my heart because I know that feeling and, you know, any business strategy in the the world can work or may not work for you and has nothing to do with the strategy itself and more to do with you and your energy. And and business strategy it can be important for many people at certain parts of their journey. It was important to me in certain parts of my journey. But when it's forced, when it's coming from a place of I need to make more money now. I need my business to be more successful now. I need, I need, I need, I need. When it's fueled by scarcity, it's never going to be in alignment with our souls. It's going to lead to burnout. That's going to fall flat. But I don't believe in bad investments. I believe that money always comes back and every experience can bring you closer into alignment with yourself if we're willing to look at it and really witness what was there for us. Because even the worst mentor you feel that you've ever hired or, you know, it's still a reflection of a part of you that wants attention. So yeah, maybe you didn't receive what you thought you needed, but you received what you actually needed. You did. The return on your investment, the ROI is always there if you're willing to look for it and if you're willing to play with the idea that it's not what you thought it was going to be. The return didn't look like what you wanted it to look like, but it gave you exactly what you needed. And now you get to come back to your center and ask, what actually feels aligned for me? Not what do I think will get me results, but what feels aligned and exciting and inspiring to my soul. And I remember one of my mentors last year, she told me like, Kristen, don't you hire me if you just want to make money. And I tell this to some of my clients now because it's the same thing. I understand you want to make money, but if that is your primary focus, don't hire me. Don't pay me because you probably will make more money if not when working with me, then at some point after, but don't hire me if that is all you want. Because I'm not here to show you how to make money. I'm here to help you come home to yourself. You already have the ability to attract all the money in the world. You already have within you everything you need, right? Like I said, the key is already there. I'm just going to help you find that key yourself. But you have to be willing to face the monsters to go to those places. And I'm going to hold your hand and I'm going to love you the whole damn way. But you have to be willing to soften on your way there actually, it's pretty incredible. I was looking at one of my clients who I just closed a container with. She came to me wanting to manifest X, Y, and Z, and she wanted to learn how to manifest these things. And by the end, we'd gotten to a surrendered state of attracting with ease rather than this graspy energy trying to manifest all of these things. And it's incredible because looking at the recording of our first call versus our last. She is a different person. Her energy is completely shifted. She was, she talks slower. She's more soft and receptive. You can tell she feels on a much deeper level. She's literally, her, her, she looks different. Actually, I have a couple of clients who I've seen this change and I've actually can usually see this happen by about the third call. Happens to my mastermind ladies as well. There's a softening. The hearts crack open. There's a surrender. There's a softening. They begin to speak more slowly. They begin to slow down. They begin to, to pull back their graspy energy. They begin to attract the right experiences. It's so magical. And so beware, if you work with me, you're going to receive so much more than what you think you want right now. Because if we're meant to work together, we have a soul contract. Then our souls are already working together. Right? When I work with my clients, I'm channeling their highest selves through me. So they're receiving what their highest self wants for them, maybe not what their human self wants for them. But in the end, everyone always realizes, wow, I've had so many people say this. Wow, I didn't realize that this was what I needed. I didn't realize that this was what I actually wanted. It's like a breath of fresh air. So, all right. With that said, if you do feel inspired to work with me, my Quantum Queendom Mastermind is still enrolling for another week or so. It's a really small, intimate container, and I feel that I know a few of you are still meant to be in there. I can feel your energy, and I can't wait to meet you. The link to apply is in the show notes, in my bio on Instagram, or you can send me a DM on Instagram at pursuitabliss with an underscore. I have two one-on-one containers also opening up if you desire a deep one-on-one mentorship. It's a very quantum high high ticket container for ladies who are like really, really, really committed to themselves. You can send me a message on Instagram if you have any questions or you feel called or don't know what's right for you or the links to apply or in the show notes or on my Instagram. As always, I really love when you all share the the episodes and you tag me. It makes my day. I love resharing them. It just fills my heart with joy is why I do what I do. Please keep doing that. Please keep sharing with those who you think can resonate with the message. Thank you for all of your honest reviews on iTunes. I, from the bottom of my heart, it means the world to me. Uh, It helps to get the podcast out there. And with all that said, I'm going to go frolic on the beach. I'm looking out my window right now and it's no longer rainy. We've had... The weather here has been on and off uh, like monsooning and then sun and monsooning like rain and storm and sun and I've been loving it and it is actually the greenest I've ever seen. I keep saying to my friends like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I live here. It is so green. It looks fake. It doesn't look real like just literal Pandora Neverland. Yeah, it is so beautiful. I'm going to go enjoy nature. I'm going to go frolic at the beach and I also recommend that an invite Let all of you go do some frolicking yourself. Go get your feet in nature. Go ground yourself. Go play. Go let your inner child out. And I hope to hear from some of you. And I will talk to you next week. I hope this episode served you.